Seven days into March, and we finally encounter a Monday. Will this day be any different from the six that have come before it? Certainly, there is more light, and green shoots from yesterday are a little bit longer. There are more bird songs in the air than this time last month. The perfect soundtrack to begin another week of Charlottesville community engagement. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, the University of Virginia's Buildings and Grounds Committee gets an update on the next round of construction projects. UVA students vote to change the one punishment for an honor code violation. And more examples of divided government at work as the Virginia General Assembly meets in its final regularly scheduled week. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, you don't need the luck of the Irish to be safe and comfortable in your own home. To see what you can do to get the most out of your home, contact LEAP, your local energy nonprofit, to schedule a home energy assessment this month. Just $45 for city and county residents. LEAP also offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. If someone in your household is age 60 or older, or you have an annual household income of less than $74,950, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. Students at the University of Virginia have voted to end a long-standing tradition where people can be kicked out permanently for violating the honor code. Instead, the new single-sanction punishment will be a year suspension rather than the customary expulsion. According to UVA Today, over 6,000 students voted on the proposal, with around 80% in favor of the change. The University Board of Visitors met last week and President Jim Ryan told the group that he would not have voted to make the change. He also spoke of the enhanced community involvement that UVA has made during his tenure. Ryan established the President's Council on UVA Community Partnerships and a report was completed in February of 2019. It has been in the spirit of what can we do together and the uh, approach on affordable housing is, is a great example of that. UVA has pledged to work with a private developer to build up to 1,500 below-market units and has selected three sites on land owned by the UVA or its Real Estate Foundation. One of them is at the North Fork Discovery Park, and a rezoning for that project is making its way through Albemarle County's land use application process. All of this is going a long way to changing the narrative about UVA. Uh, and about UVA's relationship to Charlottesville and Albemarle County, and I think that's a very good thing for the university. Um, There's still plenty of work to do, but the conversation is different than than it was four years ago. Ryan also sought feedback on the university's strategic plan and some of the initiatives within. One of them is to be a strong partner and good neighbor to the Charlottesville region. On Thursday, the Buildings and Grounds Committee met and discussed several matters of interest. There are several major construction projects underway, with the most impact likely coming from the Emmett-Ivy Corridor, where the School of Data Science is well underway, heading toward a December 2023 completion date. The committee was briefed on some changes coming to UVA's capital plan, which has a budget of just over $3 billion. 
That's according to Colette Sheehy, Senior Vice President for Operations and State Government Relations. We've actually completed quite a bit of work in the last uh, year, uh, $700 million worth of uh, projects, and some of the more notable ones include the University Hospital Expansion, the Orthopedic Center, and the Student Health and Wellness Center. Sheehy said staff are proposing adding $411 million in new projects, with $20 million of that just to plan projects. The proposed 2022 capital plan would be $2.67 billion. They are also proposing removing a standalone project to construct a $60 million new building for the Batten School of Leadership and Public Policy. We now um, are pursuing a a partnership between the Karsh Institute for Democracy and the Batten School to combine um, or or to provide some space for Batten within the Karsh um, Institute. That building will also be within the Emmett Ivy Precinct, along with a new hotel and convention center. Construction of the convention center and hotel is expected to begin in late spring or early summer. Projects under construction are the renovations of Alderman Library, a new residence hall on Brandon Avenue, and the contemplative commons near the Dell Stormwater Pond. Projects in the planning stages include a football operations building, an Olympic sports complex, the Karsh Institute for Democracy, and a new building for the McIntyre School of Commerce. There are three new projects that will be added to the planning pool. One is the Center for the Arts. Um, The planning authorization was included in Governor Northam's introduced budget, um, allowing us actually to use our own money to do the planning. But um, that is a good signal that the state is interested in funding that project in the future. This authorization remains within the budget bill currently being negotiated in the General Assembly. UVA has an $11 million gift to cover the cost of the design work. There's also a $4 million gift to begin planning work for a Center for Design at the School of Architecture and a $5 million gift for an academic building for the engineering school. We've done some planning already for, and for both of those schools. There is a need for additional space. Four projects would be added to the plan for construction, with one of them being a $350 million Institute for Biotechnology. Um, It is a a research facility with a manufacturing facility included in it that would allow us to produce um, research through to um, clinical trials for new drug therapies. The intention is that it would attract many biotechnology companies who would want to work with our faculty and uh, to locate in and around Charlottesville. This project is also within both the House and Senate versions of the budget. Other new projects are additional landscaping on Ivy Road, HVAC work at Monroe Hall, and infrastructure at Memorial Gym to make it more accessible as well as ADA compliant. There is also funding for a study of childcare needs as well as a space study for nursing to accommodate more instructional space. The changes to the capital plan will be voted upon in June. Sheehy also said there will be an update of the 2019 Parking and Transportation Study to take in the effects of COVID and post-COVID. The president has asked us to go back and do a more comprehensive, kind of broad-based look at the need for parking overall across the institution. 
One member of the Buildings and Grounds Committee suggested building additional parking on the other side of the railroad tracks, south of the University of Virginia Health System, on land that UVA owns. Sheehy pushed back. We have to be careful that that's a residential neighborhood and there are a lot of um, issues to consider. Traffic, the neighbors, the needs of the health system. I mean, we'll look at all that. The next meeting of the Board of Visitors is in June. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for the second shout-out, which goes to the Piedmont Master Gardeners, who are announcing their 2022 Spring Lecturer Series, featuring leading experts on sustainable landscaping, indigenous gardening wisdom, and small fruit production at home. There are three remaining events in March, and you can buy a virtual ticket for these at $10 apiece. On March 10th, Renee Goki and Christine Price Abelo of the Smithsonian Institution's National Museum of the American Indian will discuss the Three Sisters, Indigenous Origins, and Best Growing Practices. On March 24th, Yayesh Samtani will discuss Home Garden Berries, Selection, Cultivation, and Growing Alongside Ornamental Plants. To purchase a ticket and for details on the rest of the sessions, visit piedmontmastergardeners.org events. There are only a handful of days left in the 2022 General Assembly, and there are several bills that are now in conference. I'll try to track the progress of as many of those as possible, but for now, here are some more bills that originated in the Republican-controlled House of Delegates that did not make it out of the Democrat-controlled Senate. A bill to delay the requirements of the State Air Pollution Control Board to implement federal clean car regulations failed to make it out of the Senate Agriculture, Conservation, and Natural Resources Committee on a party-line 7-8 vote. The House of Delegates had passed the bill 52-48. to A bill to allow hunters to go onto other people's property to retrieve the animals that they have killed also did not make it out of that committee on a 10-5 to motion to pass by indefinitely. A bill that would have required people seeking an abortion to provide written consent and undergo counseling was passed by indefinitely in the Senate Education and Health Committee on a 10 to 5 vote. A bill also related to abortion that would have made it a Class 4 felony to not treat an infant born alive passed the House on a 52 to 48 vote, but was passed by indefinitely by the Senate Rules Committee on an 11 to 4 vote. The Senate Education and Health Committee also defeated a bill to allow the Commissioner of Health to allow people to be exempt from vaccine mandates for religious reasons. That was defeated on a 9-6 to vote. Also passed by indefinitely is a bill that would have directed the Board of Education to provide alternative pathways for people who wanted to attain an advanced high school diploma. Another would have created parental choice education savings accounts. HB 1024 passed the House of Delegates on a party line 52 to 48 vote, but was passed by indefinitely by the Senate Education and Health Committee on a 9 to 6 vote. A bill to prohibit the teaching of moral dynamics of race and sex had passed the House of Delegates on a 50 to 49 vote, but the Senate Education and Health Committee passed this by indefinitely on a 9 to 6 vote. 
a bill to require the Department of Planning and Budget to establish a program to reduce regulations and to limit spending by state government agencies, made it out of the House of Delegates on a 51 to 47 vote. But the Senate Finance and Appropriations Committee voted this down on an 11 to 4 vote. That committee also killed a bill to lower the state's gas tax rate for a one-year period. This was on a 12-4 to vote. A bill to eliminate permanent lists for absentee voters passed the House of Delegates on a 52-46 to vote, but the Senate Privileges and Elections Committee voted to pass it by indefinitely on a 9-6 to vote. A bill that would allow some school security officers to carry a firearm passed the House on a 52-46 to vote, but was passed by indefinitely by the Senate Rules Committee on a 13-3 to vote. A bill that would have allowed high school students to be arrested for disorderly conduct on school property also was killed by the Rules Committee on a 13-3 to vote. This also passed the House of Delegates on a 52-48 to vote. And finally, for today, the Senate Rules Committee also passed by indefinitely a bill that would have created a commission on historically black colleges and universities in the Commonwealth. The vote was 14 to 2 on a bill that had passed the House of Delegates unanimously. And finally today, tomorrow afternoon, a three-judge panel on the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals will hold oral arguments for a lawsuit in which one party seeks an election in the House of Delegates this November. Richmond attorney Paul Goldman sued the Virginia Board of Elections last summer and argued the boundaries for the House of Delegates in the 2021 election were unconstitutional because they are out of date. For more on that case and how we got to where we are I recommend reading Brad Kuttner's March 5th story on Courthouse News. You'll learn more than I can provide right now because... That's it for today's episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement for March 7th, 2022. Thank you so much for everybody who has gotten to this point of the podcast. And uh, if you have gotten to this point of the podcast and you enjoy them, please spread the word. Tell other people just how easy it is to get information about this community just by listening to me going on about it and hearing people in their own voice. Um, this is produced as a audio and newsletter all at the same time. This is something I've always wanted to do, and here I am, 19 months later, still doing this, cranking these out as often as I can, and intending to continue doing so. If you would like to support this program, there's lots of ways to do so, but for today, I just want to remind you again that the company Ting will match your initial payment. And of course, you do get a little tiny bit of extra content, but what you really do get for that, of course, is the support that, well, that's what I get out of it. What you get out of that is knowing that there is material that will be produced because you're paying for it. I really do appreciate that and look forward to continuing that in the future. I am Sean Tubbs, and it is time to get going to get ready for the next set of stories. Thanks for listening, and uh, do send it on to somebody else, and goodbye. Goodbye.